Has Kane's return ruined your wildcard? It's the 91st edition of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. Okay, welcome back everybody. Coming to you live and recorded on the 3rd of April 2018. We are one week prior to the double game week, but there still are 10 fixtures that we need to get through and think about how we navigate through these stormy waters during this period. First of all, welcoming back the Iceman. Thank you, but I'm not sure we're live, mate. This is going to come out a good probably day or however long it takes me to edit this podcast. I I can assure you it was live when it was recorded. Yeah, yeah, okay. We'll go with that. And a man that uh, knows all too well about doing things live, particularly acting. We welcome back once again, Ian Horton. Great Great to have you back on board. Lovely to be back, chaps. Thanks for inviting me again. Welcome back. Great to have you back, Horts. How have things been going for you FPL-wise since we last spoke to you? Well, um, I think, well, certainly since you last spoke to me, uh, things have gone particularly well because I can't remember lo- what, ga- what game week I was last on with you. But uh, I've been making sort of steady progress, leapt into the top 30,000 in game week 25, but I've sort of stagnated there for the last sort of seven weeks. But I had a good one playing my World Cup this week, so I'm up to 21,000 now, which is the highest I've been all season. So. Yeah, nice work. Very pleased. It was game week 14 you were last on with us. So game week like 14. Well, then I was 136,000. So there you go. So it's it's improved dramatically since then. Excellent. Yeah, no, sounds great. I mean, you, you were so consistent season on season. Where, where did you finish last year? Um, last year, um, I, I know we don't talk about other teams, but I, I, I had one team in the top 5,000 and the other one in the top 10,000. So I'm, I'm aiming at 10,000 again this year. So if I can get in there, I'll be very, very pleased. Yeah. But I've only got one team going this year. I, 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 I took the slap oh, you, on the wrist you, you that people get whinging about having yeah. two teams. So. <laughs> didn't cheat this year. So only got the one team. So, uh, so you're poised to make uh, make inroads into that top 10,000, hopefully. That's the plan. Looking very good. Yeah, really, really consistent. So great to have you back on board. And particularly as we approach the, uh, the I suppose, more complicated part of the season where we've got to make a lot of decisions about double game weeks and the such. <clears throat> First of all, let's go back over how our teams got on this week. Iceman, do you uh, want to lead us off on this? Yeah, could do. So I I didn't wildcard last game week because I was thinking about doing it this week, but then I've now reconsidered what I'm going to do, but we'll come to that later. So mm. I was a bit scared of how the wildcarders were going to go miles ahead of me this week. So I brought in Obama Yang and Mikatarian. So I took a minus four, uh, which I took out Mooney and Walcott. And I actually went and captained Obama Yang. I just just naturally thought that he would score more than Salah just because I thought that Arsenal would just destroy Stoke. Turns out they didn't really do that. They were just teasing them for about 60 minutes and then uh, decided to open up the floodgates when uh, Lacazette came on because they actually looked a decent team when he came on. Um, so in the end, uh, yeah, captained him. Obviously, I had Salah as well. So I ended up on 55, which isn't too far away from how much the wildcarders actually scored. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with it at the moment. I've only gone down a few places, so I'm down to 6,200 overall. So yeah, not not too bad again. Yeah, no, sounds good. Well and truly still up there now, doing us proud here on the podcast. Um, I came in with, well, 
I've, I got 58 points this week, so 10 above the average, which I was uh, quite pleased with. I've had a few decent captain picks in the last few weeks, which I just wasn't getting before. Big performance for me. Um, Robertson's been one of my uh, better transfers in all season. He notched eight. I had the Salah captaincy. I had Aubameyang as well and Sterling scoring yet another goal. Great for us heading into the World Cup. Also De Gea as well, uh, steady performer in goal. So very happy with him. That moved me up uh, in the last few weeks because I was so low down. At one point I was pushing 400k. I'm now up to nothing to shout about 264,000 overall. But I think I've jumped about over 100,000 places in two game weeks. So I'm, I'm on the up and on the charge towards what I, I don't really know. But I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, you're slowly going up. You're slowly going up. <laughs> That's it. Horts, how have you been getting on? Um, had a good one. I, I did play my wild card this week. Reason being, I, I, I was assuming the double game weeks were going to get called as everyone was expecting. So I went early on the wild card to take the price uh, rises for Lukaku and Aubameyang and people like that. And then didn't instantly regret it. But obviously, having played it, I thought, OK, fine, you've <laughs> made this page, you've got to line it. Um, quite pleased. 72 on the week. And I think only... Tarkovsky and Firmino and Mares didn't return. So it was sort of solid returns across the board. I got cleanies from De Gea, Maguire and Mustafi. Kennedy got an assist. Son got an assist. Salah obviously scored uh, as my captain. And then I brought in Aubameyang and Lukaku, who both came in with the goals. So, yeah, pretty pleased overall. It was a jump of, what, 11,000 from 32 up to 21,000. So it was a good start and still I've got my bench boost, my triple captain, and my free hit ready to play. Um, and I've got a plan for those over the next few weeks. Um, hopefully it'll work through. Yeah, pretty decent wild card, to be honest. I also love the way that you brought in Mustafi, and I love the way that you say his name. Can you just say it again for me? <laughs> Mustafi. Mustafi, I love it. Mustafi. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way. But no, so it's, it's a good wild card, and you, you're kind of ready now, aren't you? And especially with those chips, I take yeah. it. Take it, you're going to do the standard kind of template move at the moment, like what people pre-saw this uh, using the chips was to use the wild card now, use what either bench boost or triple captain in game week 34, yep. then in game week 35 free hit, and then game week 37 bench boost or triple captain, yeah. Yeah, ben- bench boosting in 34 yeah. um, because I felt I, I could build the team much better. But I think 37, you're at the the mercy of rotations and, and God knows who's still involved and who's still playing for what have you in 37. So I, there's a couple of very good triple captain options in 37. So I decided to go for the bench boost in 34. And of course, playing the wild card last week means I'll have two free transfers because I'm not making any moves this week. I'll have two free transfers and I've got flexibility. The way I built the squad, I've got flexibility. There are two moves I, I've, I had essentially decided to do unless anything changed, which was essentially Mustafi and Aubameyang out for Vardy and Alonso for the double game weeks. Nice. But of course, with Kane's return and injury to, yeah, in, injury to Stanislas, things like that. Um, I've got flexibility to move in different directions. So I'm still pretty happy with the way it's looking. So, yeah. Nice. A flexi team wild card. Very, uh, very well planned. <laughs> forward to hearing a bit more about that. Okay. Good planning. Well, um, let's see how the rest of the podcast listeners got on this week. Assuming everybody in the mini league is listening. If so, thank you. Um, <laughs> Great story once again. So Alex Costa and Tiago Costa are both in the top 10 now. Amazing. Love to be at their house for breakfast. Interesting to hear what the chat is about FPL. They're supporting each other or winding each other up. Uh, but Alex is in 10th place. 9th place, we've got Marco Benedictus. 
with Barkley up the wrong tree, uh, particularly personally given Barkley's been training with a youth team this week and doesn't look like he's going to the World Cup now. Uh, we've got an eighth place Thiago Costa with Red Eagle, seventh place Team USA, Andrew Redmond, sixth place Two Girls, One Schlup, Andrew Ferguson, fifth place Cruise Control, Stevie Sunshine. Uh, no real movers at the top for Fook's sake, Are You Blind, Joe Stone, Gangsters Allardyce, David Isaac, love that name in third. Lalana Land, Demir Tanay is in second. And building a bit of a lead over him now, we've got Rizwan Chowdhury, who is actually second overall in the whole game. So we've got two very high achievers. Oh, nice. Is he wild-carded? Yeah, it looks like he's wild-carded. It looks like he has with that Leicester, that Leicester sort of spine he's got there. Looks like most of the top have wild-carded now. Demir obviously not, uh, has already used his wild-card, but still getting a strong score of 58 minus four. He captained Aubameyang as well. Very strong indeed. So... Hotting up at the top, there's a little bit of lead now for Rizwan Chowdhury. Um, I need to mention uh, Patreon. So, a uh, few things to go through here. We have just reviewed the monthly league, and our winner is Justin Dye. Congratulations, Justin Dye, with the aptly named Iceman's Piss Team. Uh, placemat on its way to you love it love it we also did the prize draw as well and banana knows who's just upped his patreon pay so he can be issued to the slack channel he has won the prize draw so well done to banana knows uh, you'll have to send me your address and I, I will also send you one of our sought after coasters good stuff yeah been a great supporter of the pod for the last few years and still is one of my favorite team names ever so, chaps, and, and a little plug, a little plug for the coasters. I, I am using my coaster that I got for the the January manager of the month. I am using it at the moment to have my mug of water oh, on. Nice, so there you go. Nice. So you should. So you should. <laughs> Do you find it as durable as promised? In the it is. It's wonderful. It's three dimensional. It's the best coaster I've ever had. <laughs> and have you have good start? And have you had any allergic reaction to the felt on the back of the the coaster? Nice no. Tool. And and the thing is, I do I do love a nice shade of orange so it's it's absolutely perfect fits in with the decor in the office so yeah it's good it's, it's good I, I think I, I think we've got everything we wanted out of this plug thank you <laughs> <laughs> also horse, you're in the uh, you're in the slack channel aren't you how are you finding the slack channel at the moment are you it's good it? I, to be honest i'm i'm very poor um i i'm not using it as much as i ought to but i've i've been picking up on it over the last week and yes i'm enjoying it a lot more now i'm getting more involved in it i'm enjoying the score predictions as well oh yeah um, fun, element yeah, of it uh, <laughs> i'll leave yeah. you to comment on that if you you're, like but you're um, absolutely yeah that, going quite well. in yeah. fact Holtz is well, we've got the score prediction league going on which fantasy football tipster is actually administrating and uh, it's brilliant but Holtz comes in and just what, what did you score like about four cr- bang on scores or five bang on scores last bad, week was it? it was yeah. pretty good you should it's really good. you should really go to Betfred and play some bets I ought to I, yeah but then it, then, then it will go wrong when it will go horribly wrong mm-hmm. so yeah, when the pressure's off it's easy yeah, yeah. Happy, to, happy to be an amateur yeah just a quick one regarding betting when the fun stops stops <laughs> uh, just just put that out there Right, shall we yep. talk about some games, chaps? <coughs> yes, yeah. Right, so we have uh, 10 games before our double game week. I guess we're going to have to weave into this the question of wild carding, free hitting, bench boosting, and, and God knows what. So I'll ask you chaps to consider that when you're making your picks. But um, first of all, Saturday the 7th of April, we've got an absolutely amazing 12.30 kickoff. Everton at home 
against the mighty Liverpool. Probably the closest thing to City this season, Liverpool, in terms of entertaining attacking football. Just can't quite do it in defence. Ports, as the guest, would you like to lead us off? Who do you, who are you looking at in this fixture? Um, I mean, to be honest, um, the way Everton have been playing of late and the way Liverpool have been playing as of late, there's only one team in it, you would think. But of course, it is the Merseyside derby and, and anything strange can happen. A lot, I think, in terms of the Liverpool lineup is going to depend on what happens tomorrow night, which is Wednesday night in the, the Liverpool versus Man City game. If that's a blowout for either side, to be honest, then you could see an absolute full strength Liverpool side rolling out at the weekend. If it's, if the Champions League game remains sort of very tight, sort of a 1 1 2 1, something like that, then my fear is that the likes of Salah, Firmino, Mane are going to get reduced minutes in the game. So that's just something to be aware of. Whether Everton are good enough to take advantage of any rotate, any Liverpool rotation is another matter. One guy I am looking out for uh, at Everton, uh, Yannick Balassi. Um, since he's returned, he's got a goal and assist in his last three. He looks locked in now uh, in that starting lineup and looked very, very viable on the, the, the highlights at the weekend. He's only 6.4. They've got pretty good fixtures after Liverpool, but they haven't got any doubles. But if, you, if you've if you used your free hit and what have you, they do have a game in game week 35 against Newcastle at home. So Balassi potentially could be viable, dependent on how you've, you've rolled your chips. And of course, we can't forget Sanctosin. Four goals in the last four games. He's only 6.9. So if you're going for two big strikers and maybe a slightly budget striker, he may be someone to look out for. As far as Liverpool are concerned, it's the, usual, it's the usual suspects. Obviously, Salah, Firmino and Mane are all amazing they're all on good form and they've got great fixtures coming up apart from Chelsea away in game week 37 they have got single game weeks right the way through and again they play in 35 but they've got a cracking fixture in 34 which is Bournemouth at home I believe so again Salah Firmino could score as many in that one game as a lot of double game weekers and Robertson also is is proving great value for money at the back at 5.1. And Van Dyke getting more involved on um, set pieces. He hasn't scored yet, I don't think, in the league. But he looks close every time you watch him. So there's potential there. But again, the lack of doubles probably means you're not going to invest in them. But if you've got them, there is a, tendency, there is a, a temptation to hang on to them for a little bit longer. Ugh. Pete, can, you know, we, can we bring Hawks on every week? <laughs> we'll just let him yeah, talk. <laughs> Sorry. Amazing. No, no, just it's, good, it's, it's good stuff. To, just, just want to add to a couple of things that Hawks saying there. So regarding the defensive options, because there's news that Matip is now out for the rest of the season. Um, do either of you gents feel Liverpool's defence is less attractive because of that? Or do you think um, Virgil's doing enough to make them fairly sturdy back there? Yeah, you've got to think Lovren's now going to step in and <laughs> we all know what he's like. So, yeah, it is a bit of a concern for them. I suppose a lot of people are looking kind of to move away from Liverpool uh, in this sense that they've got this Champions League tie and you've got to be wary of all Liverpool players now, even Salah. I mean, like he may even just get the 60 minutes in this next game just because they've got this Champions League tie. And if they go through, it's really going to take Liverpool players out of the question. And that's really not good for, for FPL. So in a way, we kind of want Man City to just kind of beat them and go through because, them over. Yeah, because a lot of people have moved away from the Man City players anyway. So it's, uh, we kind of want to keep Salah and we want him to be a, a good asset for us. So yeah. And we're going to know a lot after tomorrow night because if it's, if it's a blowout tomorrow night, then Liverpool may give up the ghost for the return leg and, and throw all their, 
all their cards behind this the, the Merseyside derby, of course. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a derby. We've got to look at that. And Klopp, I think, played a rested team against Everton last game. So maybe he wants to give the fans a good show out, like a bit of a display to make it a decent game. So who knows what could happen. Yeah, just the other comment I was going to make on what Hort said. Um, great shout on Balassi, an absolute darling of FPL when he's been fit over the years. Been a bit unfortunate with injury and the form of Everton, but I, I agree. Having watched him at the weekend, decent finish for his goal. Yeah, I can definitely see him moving forward as a potential differential option. Yeah, I'd see he did look pretty decent in the last game, but yeah. it's just Everton are just awful, really. They But they have got good yeah. fixtures, haven't they? Like, if you look at this, it's a lot of grey on their ticker, but if you look at the fixtures one by one, it's Swansea, Newcastle, Huddersfield, Southampton, West Ham. I don't think you can get much better fixtures than that. And all all of those teams have gone through bad form recently. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, just Salah insert here. Yeah. Right, let's uh, let's move on to our next fixture then. So we've got Bournemouth versus Palace here. Bournemouth, of course, taking part in the double game week. Be interesting to see a few chaps, because I personally looked at them and thought they were one of the weaker sides in, in that. You might be suggesting otherwise. Iceman, let's come to you first. So this is your uh, your, your your family member's team, Stanislas. <laughs> You shouting him, or is there anyone else from Bournemouth and Palace tickling your fancy? Yeah, this I'm week? still shouting Stanislas, but he, you don't know if he's injured now. You don't know if he's he's going to be back in. He got a knock, was it? So he came off at 45. Yeah, he, he is a bit of a concern for me because he's in my team, and I was really hoping to to play him this week. But um, I suppose we had a question from Jeremiah Johnson here, just saying thoughts on Palace Zaha or Mkhitaryan for 33 and 35 because he's free hitting and. 34. So that kind of brings me around to what I'm doing, uh, just to let everyone know. I was planning on actually wildcarding this game week 33, but I'm kind of looking at it in another way, and I am actually looking to do the same as Jeremiah is doing and free hitting in 34, because my team for 35 is, I've got enough players at the moment, so I'm just going to play my team in, in that game week instead of free hitting then. And then I'm looking at wildcarding game week 36, and then bench boosting in game week 37 and then I can use my triple captain either in game week 35 or 38 so that's kind of what I'm moving to at the moment and the reasons for this is just because I feel like having a fresh strong team for the double game week each time with the free hit and the wild card in game week 36 is just going to open me up to a lot more options than everyone else like for example Hawks you've you've played your your wild card and you've tried to put as many game week 37 players in as possible haven't you so how is that feeling for you do you feel like those players are going to still play and is it well i mean i've worked to do the the bench boost in 34 and the triple captain in 37 so some of the guys that i've got in my team are doubling in 34 but not in 37 because they're going to be on my bench in 37 so i still think i'm pretty well set up i've got a couple of moves in mind which will be dependent on City's progress probably to bring in a couple of City guys for 37 because they've got I mean they should have an absolutely stonking couple of games Is it, how does it fit? I can't quickly remember but, but two absolutely beauties in, in game week 37 so I've got a move to bring a couple of City guys in later on but I, I sort of I try to get it set up to work both doubles yeah exactly yeah. and then free free hit in 35 to bring in Arsenal 
City and, and, and those guys that are playing in 35. Yeah, I mean, we'll come back to your question, uh, Jeremiah, but just to, to go on the point, I mean, I looked at it as if uh, Game Week 34, I don't see any great fixtures for the lesser sides, as in like, you know, your, your bench players, which you're looking to play. They don't have great fixtures. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw in Game Week 37 that there's a few more teams that do have better fixtures. So I thought that they would be better option for uh, Game Week 37. But then you've got that rotation which could happen and whether City have won the league by then and whether whether or not they're good options by then. It's a lot in the air. I'm just kind of rolling with it at the moment. I'm hoping that my team can carry me through whilst all these other managers are using their wild card around me. Hoping I don't lose out too much. This week I must have lost out on about seven, eight points or so to the wild carders mm. and I think I got away with it with my Abamian captaincy. I'm not sure if I'm going to get away with it for another week, but I've kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of gambling now and I've kind of gone, well, I may as well try it. I've already started. My foot's already in, if, if you know what I mean. And <laughs> as soon as I, I've, now, I just kind of want to go full plunge now and then just go for it. Because well, I, the thing I, I is, it's, like it's, it's exciting. It's a very reason to, I mean, you've, you've given a good reason for playing it. So, that, and that, that's the beauty of this free hit chip this year whereas last year it was the was it the all-out attack which was next to useless but the free hit chip has changed things so much it's just different tactics you can play it on different weeks and all this sort of stuff and it's not the same set thing that everyone would be doubling uh, everyone would be bench boosting on one of the doubles and everyone would be triple captaining on the other double it's brought so much more tactics into this last six weeks of the season yeah. it makes it interesting it, doesn't it yeah. it's fantastic it's it's a really those those people that have survived this long it makes for an absolutely storming into the season yeah exactly i mean obviously the theory is that always triple captain or bench boost in a double game week so because it's two bites at the cherry isn't it whereas i i look at this game week 34 and like who are people going to triple captain in that if they're actually looking at triple captain? It's going to be Lukaku, isn't it? I mean, Lukaku, like, probably, yeah, yeah. You're not kind of... I don't hold as much hope, whereas if you look at the, the Spurs games they've got in Game Week 37, which they, they will carry over there. I'm looking at Kane because who have they got? They have got uh, West Brom and it looks like Newcastle. Yeah, uh, Newcastle at home. So, you know, there could be a lot of goals there. That's a lot more hope than uh, Lukaku. I mean, like, they have got good fixtures, Man United. Yeah. They've got um, West Brom and... This uh, this coming this coming game it, week. Yeah, in game week or, the, or game week 34. It's West, West, West Brom at home and Bournemouth away. Oh, yeah, Bournemouth away, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they're, pre- yeah. they're pretty good fixtures, but... It's Lukaku, isn't it? And it's United. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm set on Kane as a triple captain in 37 unless things change. But uh, you're right in saying 38, actually, because you mentioned possibly using triple captain in 38. Yeah. And, of course, 38 is, am I right in saying, historically one of the normally one of the highest scoring weeks? Yes. Um, you know, because defences give up though. and forwards go bonkers. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you've got you've got a good a shot as any, haven't you? In game yeah, week and Liverpool have Brighton in in that game week, and Salah. You know, if they mm-hmm. if they're not in the Champions League, Salah will play that game. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking that game, and I, it could really help me in the last game week. Pete, any thoughts on this? I think uh, I think you've well and truly covered that. My um my sentiments. I, I've made my wild card this week, and I'm just debating which week to use my free hitting. Probably in the smaller game week afterwards. Yeah, yeah, cool. I'm just gonna I'm br- gonna bring it back as I pour pour my water. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna bring it back to the question we had from Jeremiah Johnson. So he said thoughts on Palace, Zaha, or Mkhitaryan th- for 33 or 35. So, Ports, what are your thoughts on Zaha at the moment? 
well, if it's a choice of the two, personally, I would go for Zaha. The only reason why, because they could eat, they could, but they've both got good fixtures. They could both easily produce. Um, I would go for Zaha basically due to he's quite threatening on the attack, whereas Mkhitaryan is more likely to provide assists um, and just the certainty of starts. Because yeah. if Zaha's fit, you know he's playing. Um, and as we saw at the weekend, obviously Mkhitaryan started on the bench and. You know, with Europe, he's one of those guys that could still be rotated, which obviously is not the case with the Abamyangs of this world, who's cup tied. So I would certainly go with Zaha in that situation. Yeah, and Palace have been a different team since he's come back, haven't they? Really, and uh, Palace have got a decent run of fixtures. Yeah. You know, they're 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 pretty good. No yeah, doubles, think but yeah, they're looking good. Yeah, they've got a single in thirty-four, but they do play Watford away in thirty-five, so they play in thirty-five, and yeah, their fixtures for the rest of the for the rest of the season are not bad at all. They've gone through their bad their bad run and now they're on to a fairly good run through to the end of the season yeah I, I think I would go the same although I have just brought in Mkhitaryan and I've suffered from it because he was benched but he did almost score in the last game actually when he did come on so he is still hopeful hopefully he's had his rest now so I've gone through that and uh, I do hope he's going to play the rest of the games it's just Arsenal need to start playing a little bit better than they did towards most of that last game okay yeah so I think we've um Said quite a bit there on Bournemouth and Palace. So let's move on to Brighton versus Huddersfield. Hawks, what are your thoughts on this game? <laughs> um, play your Brighton defenders. Um, yeah. <laughs> basically, Huddersfield haven't scored in four games, which uh, obviously bit a few of us that uh, that brought in Huddersfield players for that short game week a couple of weeks ago. Um, I've got Ryan and I've got Duffy. Certainly I'm playing Duffy this week and I'm, I'm inclined to possibly start Ryan ahead of De Gea this week. Just Huddersfield are just totally, totally pointless going forward. They, they seem to have no attacking threat whatsoever. Brighton at home as well. Huddersfield away, their, their scoring record away is absolutely abysmal. So for Brighton, I would say definitely hold this week. They have got the double doubles so their fixtures in game week 34 aren't bad but after game week 34 they're pretty atrocious so if you've got brighton players hold them play them this week and then potentially look to get rid after this or potentially after the double game week but huddersfield i would go nowhere near huddersfield for the rest of the season to be honest yeah, I totally agree with you. They haven't scored in... Uh, there's a really good stat flying around. I, I really can't... I was just searching for it, but I can't find it. But they haven't scored in like 20-odd games of all of their games. It's about 50% of their games. They just haven't scored a goal. So, yeah, they're just not firing at all. So, yep, yeah, I agree with you. Play your Brighton defence. And if you've got De Gea and Ryan, which is a popular wildcard choice, I would probably play Ryan for this game. Mm. I'm just I'm just scared of doubling up and 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 Huddersfield getting That's a loose one. because yeah. uh, Ryan's not going to Ryan's not going to get save points, whereas De Gea is going to get save points going up against City. So it's <coughs> it's a bit of a balancing act. If you lose the clean sheet, you're not going to get anything. Whereas at least with De Gea, he's likely to concede, but he's also likely to rack up save points. So yeah. you know, it's catch twenty two. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Iceman, anyone else to add to this, or are you with Ian's sentiments around uh, just Brighton defenders, really? Well, Andy uh, Murray's brother, Mr. Penalty, didn't he? So I, I know I've slated him before in the past, but he 
does seem to be playing quite a few, but I just don't think, I mean, like a lot of people are looking at him for these double game weeks. I'm just not sure if he's going to play both of them, especially if Brighton look to be safe. They've got a few strikers around there in the Joa, Lacardia, and they've also still got Hamed. So who's not to say that he's going to play both of those games? He's quite old as well. I'm not sure whether he is going to play both. I just want to say, you've passed up a chance there to gloat. So I'm really impressed by that. About what? Well, uh, the uh, Murray situation, missing a penalty, you could have really gone to town on that. I could have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that shows growth. Well done. (laughs) I'm growing as a person. You really have. Excellent. Right, okay. Uh, Ian, do you want to add anything to... um... Actually, no, you've already done it. So we're moving on to Leicester versus Newcastle. Apologies. So I'm particularly interested in Leicester here because they've got the double game week coming up as well. Jamie Vardy's been in, uh, in fine form of late and... I think despite Mahrez's little uh, spat in the previous transfer window, I think he's, he's a safe bet to play pretty well in most fixtures, still still providing. Horse, what do you think about Leicester at the moment? Well, I mean, they have got some great fixtures coming up. They're probably one of the teams, with, uh, along with Man United, that have an excellent set of fixtures right the way through to the end of the season. And like United, they've got the double-double. So if, if, if you know... Invest, invest would be my uh, <laughs> my advice. Um, Mahrez and Vardy, obviously, you've mentioned. Ibora is very interesting. Yeah, um, he's come back from injury, I believe. 5.7 he is, so relatively cheap. He's listed as a midfielder, um, yeah. which is also very handy. He's scored in his last two. So if you fancy a triple up and you don't necessarily have the funds to go to a Mahrez or a Vardy, and you've also got say a Leicester defender which I would advise he could be a guy to, to slip in alongside Amares or Vardy and, let, and give you funds to go elsewhere so certainly worth a look at whether whether those two goals are flukes or what have you or whether it's the start of a very nice little run who knows but he's, he's certainly worth looking at I'd certainly look to invest in the Leicester defence. I've gone for Maguire purely because of his his threat is far greater than someone like a Morgan. Um, but if you really fancy a flyer, obviously um, Chilwell had a fantastic week this last week, but he's not as locked as the other two. Um, so I went for the sort of the, the guaranteed game time for Maguire and the the, the threat. He's he's due, I think <laughs> is the expression, yeah, and yeah, and, and that's. That's why he's he's in my team. So yeah, he has um, been due for a long time. Though. He has been due for a long time. This is true, but I I, I have a sneaky that he's gonna he's gonna pop one or two in uh, in over the next six game weeks. Newcastle, on the other hand, are very very interesting. They've suddenly become very tight at the back. I think with Dubravka, with the, deci- the the signing of Dubravka at the back, he's only four point five, and he seemed to have shored them up. They've had three clean sheets in the last five which is very, very good. They don't have a double in 34, but they do play Everton away in 35. Um, They've then got West Brom in 36 and a double game week in 37. So as a long-term investment, I brought Kennedy in knowing he was going to have only a single game week in in 34, but I brought him in more of a long-term investment. Any of the defenders, all their defenders are under five. Uh, You've got Yedlin's 4.2, Lejeune is 4.3, Lascelles 4.8 and Dummett 4.2. So they're all great value if you just want that fifth defender that could potentially get you a clean sheet against West Brom or pick you up a clean sheet in the double game week. And I said, I've mentioned Kennedy. He's at a ridiculous price of 4.8. He's got two goals and assists in the last two and he looks very, very busy around the the opposition's penalty box. So he'd be a guy I would look out for as well if you you just need one of those enablers in, in midfield that can also so come up with the points. 
Yeah, so great shout, Sam. Mate. I mean, I, I've, I've had Dummett for a while now because I, I brought him in because it was really cheap to enable me to get Aguero. But Newcastle in their last four, they've only conceded 24 shots and that's third best to Liverpool and Man, mm. uh, Man City. So it's just showing their defence is keeping really tight at the moment. And as as you mentioned, they've, they've got a clean sheet in the last game. They've got a few recently, haven't they? they um... Yeah, three, three in the last five. Yeah. So... Looking much better. Yeah, it's not it's not too bad at the moment. I'm quite glad I've got Dummett in my team. And as an enabler, I think he's a good choice. I mean, a lot of people may go for Lascelles because he's got he bears more of an attacking threat. He's at four point eight, and I can see why people are going for him because uh, he is. I mean, I remember last I think it was last season or the season before. I think Parker, who's come on here before, brought in Lascelles and uh, took him right up to like three hundred in the world because he. I think he scored a couple towards the end of the season and he was... I remember that game week well. Okay, should we move on to Stoke versus Spurs? Yeah. Let's do that. Iceman, do you want to lead us off on this one then? So Kane's given us all a headache. With he his has, not he? Um, I think I've missed some questions, actually. Sorry, I'm just going back to some questions on Leicester. We had one here from uh, FPL Fish has just put... Uh, is it worth holding on to Firmino for the Everton game in game week 33 or replacing with Vardy for game week 34? Or do I get rid now as Leicester do have a nice game against Newcastle at home? What are your thoughts on that, Hortz? Well, I think we've just said Newcastle defensively have, have upped their game. So I don't think that game for Vardy isn't sort of necessarily guaranteed. I've personally, I've hung on to Firmino. I'm hanging on to him because Everton looked rank at the weekend. Yeah. And also he's got Bournemouth in game week 34. So I'm potentially even holding him as a single game week player in that double game week. So I've got more faith in Firmino, certainly. And I think Firmino can score bigger with his assist potential, which Vardy doesn't really have as much, I would say. So I, I would personally stick with Firmino at least for one more game week and maybe even into 34. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that. And I think even to keep him 34, but it does depend on this uh, Champions League fixture. Absolutely. Think, so. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Bully, what thoughts on that one? Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, Firmino's ceiling's been higher all season because actually he's got other people in the team that are going to finish for him. You know, as soon as the ball goes into the box, Salah is looking very, very strong at the moment, Mane. So I'm actually going Vardy, but more as a differential at the moment for my double game week pick. But I think principally in... Um, in terms of common sense, Firmino is a good shout. Yeah, he's always up in the bonus points, Firmino. He doesn't seem to do much wrong during the game. And he does provide quite a lot. I think his pass completion is really high. Just He only gets the, the odd goal, doesn't he? But when he does get that, the bonus points he gets from it, uh, I think he's always in the in the twos or threes. So, yeah, I still think he is promising. Liverpool, they didn't have a great game against Palace, but I still think they're, they're able to turn it on and they're still playing some good football. Um, we also had another one here from FPL Addict. He has just put, uh, is Abora nailed to start now? So he's asking about Abora and you kind of spoke about him. So the only thing is, I, I looked at Abora and his stats and I think it might be a little flash in the pan. I know you, you bigged him up a little bit there, but who knows? He, he could come good at 5.7. He might be worth a punt considering their fixtures and he's got the two goals in the last two. But if you look at his record before that, he played like, about 10 or so games and, and didn't get much at all. Uh, I think he got one goal in, in all those 10 games. So for me, it's it's too much of a punt for me and I, I wouldn't go there, but I can see if you're looking for a, a random differential, I can see why you would. 
Yeah, now that's that's my feeling on it, on him as well. I mean, personally, I'd rather have Maguire, Vardy, uh, and Mares, and not have Ibora. But if you're looking to spend funds elsewhere, he and you, and yeah, you know, and you fancy a differential punt, you could do worse. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, okay, yeah, uh, Pete, if you want to uh, bring it, yeah, should we move on to uh, Stoke versus Spurs? Then? Oh, that was the one. Yeah, so uh, we had a load of questions regarding Kane on this one. Obviously, people are looking at Kane. He's got that ten minutes, and he, he looks like he's back now. <clears throat> Is he going to start? Who knows? Uh, so Justin Die, who has just won our Patreon league, so we'll be receiving one of our prizes he's put is there really a need to rush Kane back into our teams is he even an essential going forward and can we stand out to wait a week or two and also uh, Mikael L. Uh, Elginson has just put kind of the same thing and should we be concerned about Son coming off for Kane like is Son's game time a bit of a risk now and also Captain Kingpin kind of asked the, the same thing so what, what are your thoughts on that Bully I'm going to go to you first on this one you, you've been a Kane lover over the years and obviously yeah. you've owned him a few times what's what do you reckon he's going to come straight back into the team and straight back uh, scoring points uh, well the thing um i don't know how much he'll be rushed back and playing all 90 minutes of both games that could be controversial but i do like the form of um lukaku at the moment for united uh, a little bit of a cheaper option would free up funds Elsewhere, we'll talk about United a bit more in a bit. If Deli Ali comes good as well with, with Ericsson, you might be able to cover Tottenham just as well through those two, as well as having Kane. So I think you can afford, if you spend your money wisely, not to have him over these double game weeks. It's just if he has one of those big four-goal hits, which is when uh, then you get screwed. Yeah, OK. And Hawks? Um Yeah, I'm not rushing back to get him. He's... He tends, um, whether it's just my imagination, he tends to be a little bit slow getting going when he comes back from one of his injuries uh, and needs two or three games before he really starts hitting his stride. So even though they've got this fantastic fixture against Stoke, I'm not inclined to to start breaking up my wildcard team just to bring Harry Kane in. I've got Son uh, and I'm happy with him for this week. See what Kane does. He may play the full 90, but he only played 10 minutes and... um, didn't do anything particularly in that 10 minutes either. So I would sit and watch. I'm tended to not go for him in game week 34 in the double game week because one of those is Manchester City. Now, Man City, of course, may have wrapped up the league by then if they beat Man United this coming weekend. So therefore, it may be a reduced Man City side, which makes that an easier fixture. But of course, Spurs also are going to have one eye on the cup, which is immediately after that double game week. So my inclination, to be honest, is to hang on until game week 36 when Spurs' schedule is phenomenal for the rest of the season because in 36 they've got Watford at home 37 they've got West Brom away and Newcastle at home and then 38 is Leicester at home so uh, 36 would is my sort of ETA for bringing Harry Kane back if he looks good prior to that but probably not before yeah he, he might not even play who knows the only thing is I've got the cash in, in my team and I can do it I can move Wilson mm. up to him so I'm thinking that he probably is a massive differential in the top 10k he's only 5% owned so yeah go, like- I mean the thing is with Kane when he when he bangs he bangs and, and if you can afford him and you're convinced he'll start 
go for it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's got that hat trick potential, hasn't he? And he's always, oh god, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Everyone's looking at it, and he's got more shots, more goals, uh, more explosiveness than any other striker in the league. Really, he's only played ten minutes, and we might be getting a bit over ourselves. But I do think that he is a good punt to take for certain people. I don't think that you should be ripping up your team to to bring him in because. It is a risk and not a lot of people are going to be benefiting from it if you don't bring him in. Whereas if you just hold out and wait for him to hit a bit of form, then that's probably the better option. Uh, I've looked at it as well and Tottenham are playing well without him. They are currently top of the league throughout 2018. They are doing well without him as well. So they don't necessarily need him, but he is gunning for that golden boot and you know, Kane's won it two years running. He wants to win it for a third, I'm sure. There's a lot of potential for him to go big. They are playing Stoke, who are terrible. Like, Arsenal were poor for most of that game, but Stoke just did nothing. If we were playing another team, I thought that we probably could have lost that game. But it was Stoke, and they're just shocking. So, yeah, I can see Tottenham doing really well here, with or without Kane. And I have a feeling that I will be bringing him in for this week. Uh, I'm hoping for a few goals. I'm even considering captaining, but it depends. Anyone else uh, from Spurs, Hawks, that you would add? We're just talking about Kane at this point. No, I, I, I think um, you, you mentioned it there. Ali, Son and Ericsson, if you've got one of those, you could easily cover off Kane um, for the next couple of weeks. So uh, defensively, uh, they they still look slightly frail. So I would stay off their defence until that game week 36. I mean, if you've got them, obviously play them. But uh, I wouldn't go flying in to grab Spurs' defence for a couple of weeks yet. That's the only thing. It's it's Lloris which is letting them down, really, isn't he? He's just making too many mistakes for their defence. And the only thing is the, yeah. they haven't got that many options. They've, they've got Vertonghen. I mean, Davis, you're always going to be worried about that Rose rotation, which never seems to happen, to be honest. So you should just end up bringing them in, really. But could go Sanchez. It's all six millions, though, and... Yeah, with Lloris at the back there, I'm not kind of hopeful for their defence at the moment. But Ericsson, I tell you what, he could be a good punt at Ali even as well. I mean, like he scored two in the last game. That was without Kane, was it without Kane on the pitch? He's been doing well recently. Yeah, and, and the and the thing with Ali, of course, he, he had that snub by England. And uh, you figure he wants to get back in that starting lineup for the World Cup. So he has got something to play for. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. um, he, he could be worth a sneaky one, yeah. Yeah, a couple great. of good finishes uh, as well over the weekend uh, against Chelsea, which is no mean feat, even though Chelsea are great at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, gentlemen, we're not saying too much about Stoke. Ice Man is just <laughs> an awful team, so I'm going to assume that's uh, that's our cue to move on. Yeah, yeah. The, the only thing I would say about Stoke is they do play in 35. They've got Burnley at home. Potentially, you might play Shakiri if you've got a free hit, but other apart from that, just walk away. Well. The next team, uh, Iceman, you were talking a bit about him before we uh, we came on to record. Um, Watford against Burnley. A couple of striking options from Burnley for once, especially with the uh, double game week coming up. <laughs> yeah, it does seem to be. Wood and Barnes seem to be on fire at the moment. Never happened before. Burnley strikers, we're going for them. Yeah, crazy stuff. I mean, um, are you going to commit to them for the double game weeks at all, or is it still not quite enough to convince you? Uh, could do. I mean, uh, I've got, you know, two complete wildcards for each double game week so I'm trying to keep my thinking of the wildcards to the minimum I'm, I'm not sure I'd go for a Burnley striker they're never going to score more than 
like two goals a game. So, um, but against mm. Watford, yeah, they seem to be letting in a few goals recently. I don't see why not. If you're looking for uh, a wild card option, who's playing uh, game week 35? Burnley strikers, yeah, why not? Um, Horse, what about the sort of Burnley defence there? I mean, do feel free to add to the uh, the striker discussion. But what about yeah, I mean, defense? well, I on my wild card, I went for Lowton and Tarkovsky for their for their fixtures leading up to the, the this particular double game week, the thirty four double game week. We're not intending to play them in in thirty seven. They they've got better defensively again. They they've got tighter again. They've only conceded four goals in the last five. Sadly, those four goals were in four individual games, so it, it, it blew clean sheets if you were banking on them. But they are getting tighter again. They say they've got the double in 34, they do play in 35, so defensively, a pretty good investment. And if you're going for the two big strikers and looking for a budget guy up front, then Wood and Barnes, you know, they're, they're both scoring, they've, they're great short-term enablers if that's the the route you're going like for example Iceman was saying potentially using his his wild card in 36 they're great up until that point and then you can get rid of them so so if you're going that process if you're if you're wild carding that late they're good guys to have on board and funnily enough so are Watford because Watford's next three fixtures are Burnley at home Huddersfield away and Palace at home now any other time in the season you'd look at those three fixtures and you go hmm wouldn't mind a little Watford defensive gamble there or, or a, or a Deeney or someone like that. You probably won't invest in them if you haven't already got them. But if you've got them, they're certainly worth hanging on to for the next two or three weeks. Yeah. I'll tell you a random one, which, uh, playing out of position is Kiko Firmino seems to be, um, oh, very got, much so. Yeah, yeah. Playing on the left or right. I think, I think he's on the right of the attacking three. So yeah, he's worth a punt. I think, uh, FPL six, he had him in his team. And yeah. Scored at the weekend and yeah, he's only four points three so certainly worth a look yeah and his well, delivery is just that because he's got a great cross in him isn't he yeah he's good speaking of crosses Goodmanson seems to be injured because he picked up a, an injury on friday in training so i'm not sure how long he's going to be out so just be wary of that one if you're looking at him okay doc. well let's move on to managerless west brom pardew has left the building taking on the swans Hawks, do you think this is going to uh, affect west brom leading into this one uh, uh, all I've got down here for West Brom, I wrote this down earlier on, I've just put no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Awful fixtures, they're going down, seem bereft of ideas. I think the only guy that's actually showing a spark of life is is Rondon, but their fixtures aren't great. There's no way you're going to want to invest. They don't have a double, <laughs> and in game week 35, they, they're playing Liverpool. So avoid at all costs, I would say, to be honest. Um Swansea, on the other hand, have slipped back again, and they're not. We we thought maybe two or three two or three game weeks ago that they'd sort of made this fantastic move under Carvajal and were, and were looking to pull away, but they've sort of been dragged back in again. So they are playing for their survival. They've got uh, a game week thirty seven double. They've got a, uh, which is very very good. They've also got a good fixture in game week thirty eight. Until then, it's not great. So if you say like Iceman's potentially doing if you if you're playing that late wild card they they could be a very very nice team to invest in round about week 36 but for this week Tammy Abraham at 5.4 and Andre Ayew at 6.8 are both potential very handy punts and also any Swansea defense if you've got them I would certainly roll them out against West Brom this week most certainly yeah they play 35 as well so I mean it is against Man City so don't yeah, exactly yeah don't expect too much <laughs> but they will have this uh, double game week 36 I think it will be against uh, Bournemouth and Southampton, which aren't bad 
bad fixtures, to be honest. So Very I can tasty. see Andre Ayew, because he was preferred up front to Tammy Abraham as a lone striker. So, because I think Jordan Ayew is still suspended. So I don't know how long that's going to last. He's one more game, I think. Yeah. So he misses, misses this next game, but uh, then he's back. Well, yeah. But- for- for a punt for the next two against West Brom, I see that as probably a pretty good option, especially with uh, them in turmoil at the moment. Yeah, Iceman, can you can you add anyone else for this fixture? Are you the same opinion as Hort? Stay yeah, away. Same opinion. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not necessarily stay away. I'll, there's, there's a couple of punts you could you could go on Swansea. Um, yeah, I'm going to be playing Fabianski for these next two. So no one for. I'm going to let our guest uh, enjoy this next fixture. Pretty irrelevant as things goes. Um, not too much sort of resting on this one. But Man United are taking on City. Or should I say the other way around? City yeah. taking on United. They could clinch the Premier League title at home against their old rivals. So not too much at stake for this one. The question is, how is this going to fit into double game week plans? We've touched on City a bit already. United, we know we've got a couple of doubles. Hawks, do you want to take it away and tell us a bit about how you see this fixture panning out? Yeah, it's 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 a it's fascinating because of this Champions League fixture uh, against Liverpool. That's that's what makes this game even more fascinating. At the weekend, I think a lot is going to depend on the outcome of Wednesday night. If it's close, there could well be rotation. Pope I know it's say, Manchester. Pope did yeah, say I, that he will rotate at United. He right? did, he did, and at the end of the day. Yes, it's the Manchester derby. Yes, of course, City would like nothing better than to win the league playing Manchester United. But Pep has got bigger fish to fry now. He's got the league wrapped up. He doesn't need to win it at the weekend. The The Champions League is what it's about for City going forward for the rest of the season. So if you've got City players, obviously you're going to keep them and, you, and you're going to roll them out there. But um, I would make sure you've got people on your bench. And that's why I'm not investing in City quite yet until until we've seen how this whole thing has played out you know the usual suspects could all score and they could all score well I mean we saw what they did in that first sort of half an hour against Everton they absolutely destroyed Everton Sane looked amazing Silva looked amazing yeah. Sterling looked pretty sharp as well so you know if you've got them play them but I wouldn't be charging into invest and of course they've got Spurs coming up next as well so it's a couple of tricky fixtures certainly defensively for City over the next couple but of course once they get through into game week sort of 36 and 37 and we've got an idea who's playing the sort of guys like Gundogan, Bernardo Silva those sort of guys could be really really handy little investments when you roll into game weeks 37 and 38 because they could suddenly be getting uh, a lot more playing time than they've been used to, especially if City have progressed in the Champions League. So I would keep an eye out for those lesser-priced players because they could be absolute gems at the end of the season. Not necessarily this weekend, though. From Man United to just De Gea, before you move on I, to I think United, by far... Sorry, sorry yeah. Yeah, I yeah. just wanted to say that uh, Bravo just needs a few more games for a winner's medal. And uh, Laporte seems to have taken over that left-back spot from Zinchenko. So whether or not he will play a few more games, there may be some good differential options here as well. It's just very difficult to tell who who's going to play. So it's not easy to go for the Man City route, as you said. But yeah, move, moving on to United, do you want to carry on? We, we've got few, yeah, sure. Let me, let me just list these few questions before you actually go on. We've got here, one here from Mikkel L. Engensen. It's just saying, went for Bailly on his wild card to be safe. A lot of people did. They went for Bailly. And what do you think about United defence now? And then Captain Kingpin's just asking whether to go for David De Gea or Ryan in goal for this particular game week. And also on his wild card at Man Batis Al is just put, I'm on the wild card thinking about going Sanchez instead of Lukaku. 
is this crazy talk. So, yeah, so there are a few options for United now, whereas there wasn't before, and they've even got attacking options as well. Do you want want to carry on where you left off? Well, yeah, I mean, well, answering those three questions, Bailly, I think, caught everyone by surprise. I don't think anyone expected him to sit at the weekend, so that does throw that one out there. Their fixtures are great over game week 34. We've already said they've got West Brom at home and Bournemouth away. So if you've got him, I would keep him. Not necessarily play him this week because you've got to figure Man United are going to concede against City at some point. But certainly keep him for 34 and then potentially look to shift to a Spurs defender for 36 onwards. That's what I'd be doing if I had Bailly. Sanchez over Lukaku is a, is a very interesting question. If you'd asked that a couple of game weeks ago, you'd say, well, no, that's bonkers. But he's Sanchez has certainly picked up his game over the last couple of game weeks. And I don't think that's a crazy choice at all now. It depends where you're going to distribute the rest of your money. Because you could, all, you could, for example, have Lukaku up front and say Lingard from the midfield, who is also looking quite sprightly over the last couple of weeks, and, you know, invest that money elsewhere. But Sanchez... If you want the ultimate differential and you can afford him, I, I think he's he's well worth a well worth a look. I, I think um, he is. So just to uh, have a word on Sanchez there. So yeah, I, I mm. totally agree. I mean, like only players higher expected goal involvement in the league than him are actually Salah, Kane, and Aguero. He's got an expected goal involvement of eighteen point eight five in the uh, two thousand one hundred minutes that he's actually played, but he's only been involved in twelve goals. So that's six uh, goal involvements that he should have had. And Lukaku's uh, expected goal involvement is actually only sixteen point two. He's just been involved in six more goals than Sanchez. So there, there is a difference there. He is still got the good stance yeah. as well. So I do yeah. think that he is could come good towards the end of the season oh yeah if, you, if you're looking for a differential he's he's the ideal guy it's just a shame he costs so much yeah i mean yeah. if he if sanchez was down around that eight nine million i'd be all over him like a rash <laughs> so it's, yeah. uh, but uh, the, the price he's at was it 11 and a half or something like that you you've got to be very convinced that he's going to come through for you that's the only thing i suppose it's distributing um, that money elsewhere as well isn't it making sure you're, you're boys yeah. through in the rest of your team well, yeah, exactly. You know, you could, you can go a long way with a Mares and an Ali in your midfield, and, and as opposed to having to go Sanchez and uh, Goodmanson, for example. Uh, I know which I know which way I'd like to go with those funds. But um, the other question you said is, is that is that, it's that interesting one that that I have a quandary over, which is David Hayer or Ryan this weekend, and I think it's whether you feel Huddersfield will eventually score if you if you Ryan's the gamble you're gambling on the clean sheet if Brighton don't get the clean sheet you're not going to get save points whereas De Gea he could get a clean sheet you know he's a brilliant goalkeeper and probably the best goalie in the world well certainly the Premiership he could get a clean sheet but if he doesn't he is going to be racking up save points so yeah. you're going to get those even if he loses the clean sheet so it's it's a balance if you if you fancy the gamble on the Brighton clean sheet go for Ryan if you're not convinced stick with De Gea yeah, Can I, I'm just going to weigh in on this discussion over United. So I think that's a, that's a good point on the uh, Ryan debate because um, the guy always seems to get saves as well. The one thing I can see Jose um, Jose's ego taking over here. I can see United lineup where we have someone like Matic, McTominay sitting in midfield, very defensive lineup just to stop City getting the win against uh, getting the league against United. I mm-hmm. can actually see potential for a Gea clean sheet here, as good as City are. I just think it's the type of game that's, that's going to play quite big on Jose's ego. 
I, I can't oh yeah, agree he doesn't want he yeah. doesn't want City to win the league. Yeah, he doesn't want City to win the league against United. Yeah, but City are just so good, yeah. and like you know, Silver just in that number ten role, he just hovers around that area all the time. He's always on the ball, and he's so influential over the game. He's such a quality player the way he plays. I just think that they're going to have chances, and I think that there will be goals. I just can't see United keeping them out for the whole game. Yeah. Maybe if they're they're at home, then the, that atmosphere might be different. But you know, it will be at City, so ground will be packed. It will be it will be gunning for goals this game. I can see there being one definitely. Yeah, I mean, all the incentives City have to win it, you know, at home against United, uh, you figure they're bound to score. But stranger things have happened, and you know, uh, you say I, you wouldn't put it past Mourinho to to have eleven men behind the ball at all times. So <laughs> yeah, no, you wouldn't. Not at all. Not at all. Okay, chaps, anyone else to uh, add on this one or should we move on to our, our Sunday fixtures? Yes, move on. I'm good. Right, let's do that. So we've got Arsenal against uh, Southampton. Arsenal showing a bit more promise recently for 17 minutes. I think everyone thought it all gone back to normal. And then, uh, bang, we have three goals. Very interested by the returning Lacazette. Iceman, as your, as your uh, beloved club, who would you... Who are you shouting in this fixture? Well, I think the main man you need at Arsenal is Aubameyang. He plays every game. And if you didn't know by now, he doesn't play in the Europa League. So he's more or less 100% going to play every single Premier League game. And he's in form. You know, he's got five... How many, how many is on? He's on five goals. In his last, five in the league. Yeah, in his last uh, one, two, three, four, five, six games. So that's a pretty good return, to be honest. And he is playing well. He's on penalties as well, even though he gives some away, which yeah. um, I was very annoyed about <laughs> yesterday. But, you know, you, you get some, you lose some. And I just think... like opportunity for a hat-trick for your new club and he gives it to Lacazette. Exactly. As an Arsenal fan, I was thrilled. But as a, uh, a captaincy, he was my captain. So I was really quite angry. But I do think that he is the main option for Arsenal. And I do think that you probably need him in your team probably till... Maybe not until the end of the season because you could probably get rid of him for this game week 34. The only problem is with Mkhitaryan being rested in the last game... I can probably see him playing the rest of the games, but which other Arsenal player are going to get rested? You just don't know. And it's a hit or miss with a lot of the Arsenal players. Czech injured in the last game. Ospina didn't play because of uh, choice. He was just injured before the game, apparently. I wouldn't necessarily bank on any other Arsenal players at the moment until we kind of get past this Europa League, whether we go out or the Europa League finishes. I'd wait until probably game week 37 to bring him in because then we will have that double game week. Uh, We do play playing 35 against West Ham so it is an option if you're looking for a filler but I wouldn't necessarily bring anyone in from Arsenal I suppose you've been a fan of Ozil even during the darker times this season do you see any value in him now? He just hasn't got big holes in him at the moment does he he's it's all kind of dribs and drabs at the moment i can't see you know he doesn't he's not scoring it's just mainly assists really i suppose he's had three double digits all season and for that price i would want a lot more uh yeah, yeah he needs to be a lot less than that and i would see probably i would probably see him next year as coming in at probably 8.5 or something like that which is more of a viable option but at the moment 9.3 no i, I don't see it Port should away in on Arsenal. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the on the point on Ozil because he's he's got an assist in each of the last games, but that's re- you don't see the, the the goal threat from him, and and quite agree with that price. It's it's too high, really. Mkhitaryan's the guy to go for if you're going to gamble on a defender, and it's just a shame that that Ramsey 
keeps getting injured and or dropped, which because he was playing, you know, fantastically earlier on in the season. Um, I mean, I, the only guy I would say, actually, although they do seem to be rotating a lot and holding people out at the back, the guy who does seem to be playing every game, which is why I brought him in last week, is, is Mustafi. Um, gets a bonus as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he's a bonus magnet. He has been playing every single game. And he's at five point... Yeah. And a goal threat as well. And, at, and he should... He, I mean, he was very close to getting an assist, wasn't he, on, on Aubameyang's second one at the weekend. And, and at 5.4, when you're comparing him to the likes of the Spurs defenders up around the six mark, you know, he, he's a guy that, you know, I mean, they've got a great fixture this week against Southampton, who, who seem incapable of scoring goals. Um, and even in game week 34, even though it's not a double, it's Newcastle, who aren't exactly prolific. So... He's a sort of guy that, that might be worth an investment. I mean, he got he got me eight 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 points at the weekend, which was very nice. And another guy, again, if you're looking at an enabler, someone to put in your squad for later on in the season, Chambers is starting to get a little bit of playing time while others are injured around him, and he's only four point seven. So wouldn't miss that. Just <laughs> if you literally after a one week punt, that yeah, was all. So yeah. yeah, I think that's fair though. I think with the Europa League, you might see Chambers uh, making up a bit more game time in the Premiership. I know Wenger's always mm. been a big fan of his wanting that to, to go right so nice shout there chaps can i mean not that excited for saints with mark hughes at the helm but do either of you fancy any of their players well, a lot of people went kind of mccarthy or cedric and you can kind of see southampton shutting up shop like mark hughes said after the game yep i can see what i've got now whether or not he's going to start this game and just really annoy arsenal and just part of the bus from the very beginning don't know i did see that austin yeah he is back as well uh, they have got two double game weeks coming up. Terrible fixtures, playing awful. They need to get started again. So maybe one for game week 37 for me now. I'll, I would leave it for now and just just look more to the future in game week 36, 37. Okay, well, let's uh, let's move to the other um, London club that's struggling this year. So we've got Chelsea taking on uh, West Ham, who looked pretty decent at the weekend. Yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea are struggling, aren't they, at the moment? It's Chelsea terrible. are the struggling. <laughs> <laughs> Being kind to you, Hawks. Hawks, finish for us. Talk to us about the Mighty Irons. The Mighty Irons. Well, I mean, Arnie is on fire. I mean, he's, uh, he, so it's fun. lovely when, when he has an incentive. I mean, obviously, he was playing his old boss this last weekend. And in, and in game 34, it. of course, he's coming up. Well, exactly. He's coming up against his old team in Stoke. So, and we're at home. So that's a game you, you know, if it wasn't a double game week and we didn't have such appalling fixtures either side of it, you'd want to have Arnie in for that one. If you've got him on your team, keep him because Chelsea didn't look great defensively against Spurs. There's always a chance he could nick one this weekend. And again, I I would say he's a lock for the Spurs, for the Stoke game in 34. After that, the fixtures are just absolutely appalling. And I, I bar Arnie and possibly Yao Mario at 6.0 might be worth a little punt. I think there's just too many injuries and too much uncertainty. And the fixtures is just too bad for West Ham. And the three games before this last one, we were absolutely dreadful. And so one game against a very poor Southampton team doesn't make a season. And I, I would... If you know, if you've got Arnie, keep him playing. But it, I, I wouldn't go investing in West Ham, and that's coming from a West Ham fan. And Chelsea, they're really hard to read. They've got lovely fixtures coming up. I mean, I'm my original plan is to bring in Aldo for the double game week. He's always a threat. Uh, he's also on free kicks, obviously, as we know. But he just, I mean, the last few weeks, I mean, Alonso, yeah, we he had that lovely little run where he was scoring. 
well, I think he had a run of about eight weeks where he was scoring in either getting clean sheets or goals and everything like that. But the last, I think I'm right in saying the last seven or eight game weeks, he's not scored more than two points. You reckon again, like Maguire, he's due. Um, And and therefore, and, and they have got great fixtures, but he's really, he's really the only Chelsea player I would, really consider um unless you go for the safety of aspilicueta their forward options williams popular but he's streaky hazard is the ultimate streaky player you know you always think he's capable of something big but he always lets us down and up front now since the Giroud signing i mean Morata obviously scored at the weekend but who's going to play Morata or Giroud? they've got maybe one eye on the cup now that their chances of getting in the top four are, are very slim after that loss to spurs at the weekend so I'd be very, very wary on investing in Chelsea. I say Alonso's the only guy at the moment who I'm tempted by, but this long streak of, of lack of clean sheets or any result to all of the chances that he gets is, is making me a bit flaky on him as well now, to be honest. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. The, the only thing is with Alonso, you do really feel like he is Juco. He's got the most attempts out of all of the mm. defenders by far. Uh, it's almost double. Otamendi's on 29 attempts this season and he's on 58. It just shows he, he, he does play as more or less a striker at times and mm. he, did, he scored an offside, offside goal in the last game. It's just that Chelsea, they are out of form. They've got five defeats and 11. Conte could be leaving. It's just they have got good fixtures and they have got two double doubles. It is tempting to bring in the likes of Alonso. If like you, if I was punting on anyone, I think it would be Alonso. I do think that yeah, he is still a good shout until the end of the season. They've only got Liverpool in the top six in their fixtures towards the end of the season. And we did have a, a question from Captain King who just said, should we bother with Chelsea defence despite the two doubles? So I think you should. I think, um, they have potential. I just think it will probably be Alonso or maybe Aspilicueta. Christensen started not great. He didn't play great, but yeah, he could be a slight enabler for for you to bring. Any, in. any news on his injury? He got an injury, did he? Well, I was I was looking to pick him, and uh, there was an injury over him. So I was just he wondering. yeah, but he played, and I think he's now clear now. He's yeah, not yeah, got he's, any. He's not got anything against him now. The That's only good. thing is, I mean, it was. The the thing with the Chelsea defence is they're so expensive, yeah. and if you're and if you're looking at a defender for clean sheets, there are much cheaper defenders that are that have got as good a chance as getting clean sheets as these Chelsea boys. I would say I'd only go for them for attacking threat, and really, as you say, Alonso's the guy that stands out there. Yeah, and if you're looking at Hazard, he's only got three shots on goal across the last four league matches. So yeah, not not looking too great for him and he looks a bit down towards that game as well he just looked like especially when there's bad news regarding the manager he it always seems to affect his play I mean you look at how it was when Jose left that year he was just non-existent and the year yeah. before that he was amazing so it does show with him uh, the attitude it, does help how yeah it, it comes back to that question we had about Sanchez you know it's one of those things if you're investing that amount of money you need to see a return Sanchez is showing signs of life Hazard is going in completely the opposite direction and there's no way you'd want to be spending what 10.6 is his current price yeah. on the returns that he's giving you at the moment yeah just just uh going back to west ham quickly obviously arnie two goals from six shots was pretty decent if you brought him in well done it's just that they have got pretty bad fixtures now I'm not sure if they're gonna carry on for the rest of the season i mean if you look at their their fixtures towards the end of the season they're they're really ropey. The only thing is they have got another double game week in game week 37. They'll have Leicester and United, United at home. Joe Hart, maybe as an enabler, 4.2 seems to be getting game time. But 
Only as an enabler, I wouldn't necessarily. Go only for if it. you're a masochist. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily go for it as a uh, wanting for clean sheets, but yeah, you could get the four points or some save points against United or something. So just a, an eye opener there. That, that's England's number one you're talking about there. <laughs> yeah, I is know. He, is he England's number one now? Is he? No, no, clearly not. No, no. Um, but I need a piss. Right. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's go to the break. That's all the fixtures. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, returning from his piss, it's the one, the only, the Iceman! <laughs> thank you, thank you very much, Ian. That's brilliant. You are just truly the best announcer. <laughs> for my that's your, uh, my that's your wrestling intro sorted, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's years of doing ice hockey announcing, that is. So, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you announced the ice hockey? Yeah, oh, nice. yeah, yeah. Clearly a pro. <laughs> I've been called worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nice. Right, okay. So, uh, chaps, let's have a quick sum up before we uh, before we move on to captain's choices. So, we went through Everton versus Liverpool. The, the Fab Three at top for Liverpool. What you also mentioned, Robertson as well. Bolassi could be a punt for Everton, as could Tosin. Bournemouth take on best, and we were talking about Stanislas, as usual, and Zaha. Brighton against Huddersfield. Really, it was all about Brighton defenders and potentially, if you fancy a differential keeper, uh, Ryan looks good for the next few game weeks. Uh, we talked about Leicester versus Newcastle. Uh, Vardy and Mares, of course, in the double game weeks coming up. Dubravka and Kennedy have looked good for Newcastle and a good punt, as suggested by Hawks, maybe Bora. Stoke take on Spurs. No one really from Stoke taking our fancy, but we do like the usual suspects. Ali, Son and Eriksson. We think you can wait on Kane, but he actually might be a differential, so you, you don't really lose out either way with him. Watford versus Burnley, the two big men up top, Woods and Barnes, could be good. Woods, Wood and Barnes, rather, look pretty good. And we've got Tarkowski and Lowton. West Brom taken on the... I was mentioning Firmina as well, my apologies. West Brom take on Swansea. IU could be a punt, but really nobody else take a fancy. City take on United, De Gea and Bayou we talked about for the double game weeks. Might not be a bad shout in this one, given Jose tends to defend in the big games. And Sanchez is providing more now, so it could be a good shout. City, well, you know, if you've got their players already, keep them in. Uh, we talked about keeping our eye on Silva and Gundogan for the latter part of the season if City continue in the Champions League. Arsenal versus Saints, Aubameyang, Mustafi and Mkhitaryan were the main ones we looked at there. Uh, Chelsea versus the Irons, Arnie probably the main one for West Ham. The Chelsea, we talked about their defence, the Iceman certainly thinks so. Alonso always poses a threat, but attacking-wise, Hazard isn't really doing it for us now. Nice sum up. Lovely. Iceman. Yes, mate. Do you have any, uh, any captain ideas? Captain ideas? Yeah, I've got a few. It's... Uh... It's probably going to go on Aubameyang, to be honest. I just see Saints seems to be in a bit of free fall. Uh, the, the only thing is I'm a little bit concerned that Mark Hughes is just going to really make them park the bus. I am really tempted by bringing in Kane and captaining him against Stoke. So uh, it may go down to the wire. I'll probably decide literally an hour before. My captain choice has been going well recently, so hopefully I'll make the right one. Okay, horse. Um... 
Yeah, from my point of view, uh, certainly looking at Obama Yang, I went with the safe option with Salah last weekend, but with all the uncertainty on the Champions League side, uh, Obama Yang looks to be the standout guy. Half an eye on Mares, half an eye on Son, but I think it's going to be Obama Yang. I think that's a clean sweep. I think Obama Yang looks very good. However, if you do have Salah and Liverpool don't have too much to play for against City, him against Everton could also be very appealing. Okay, um, Iceman. Any any questions online that we haven't answered yet? Let's let's just do transfers quickly. So, Hortz, <laughs> what transfers are you looking at? Uh, I'm not looking at doing any this week. Oh, I'm a bit worried about Stanislas's injury, but I'm looking to roll the uh, transfer. So I've got two free transfers going into the double game week next week to give me options. Yeah, and Bully, you're on your wild card, aren't you? On well, my wild card, so I'm making all the transfers all this the week. Transfers. <laughs> Loads of differentials for you, yeah. It's, well, it might as well because, yeah, I think where I'm a bit further down, well, a lot further down than you two are, really, for me to make it interesting, I'm going to um, yeah, go for a few differentials and see if it pays off. If it doesn't, then that's my season done and dusted. Yeah, and as mentioned, I feel like I might be bringing in Kane. Just depends how things go. Okay, so Twitter. Um, we've got a few more because we've answered all of them as we're going through, really. We've got Captain Kingping just saying, one week punt for game week 33. Hawks, give me a one week punt that you would go for. for is is a Bamiyang a punt? No. Fine. Because he's, I mean, he's only 12% owned. So, I mean, he, if you haven't got him, jump mm. all over him for a one week punt. Um, one week punt, one week punt. Oh, crumbs. Come back to me. Come back to me. And Bully, <laughs> what's, what's your thoughts on a one week punt? I think. Mm. Uh, my, my, I'm going to give mine because I already know mine. Oh. So I'm going to go with Andre Ayew against West Brom. I think that he is going to score a goal there and West Brom just seemed to be in free fall. Pardew's just been sacked. The mood's going to be really low and Swansea they defended against United. Didn't quite work, but I think they'll, they'll do all right there. I'm going to say um, I'm going to go with Barnes and Burnley. Okay, yeah. Take advantage of the scoring streak against Watford. Aren't water tight at the back? Could be a good shout. And I'm going to go totally off the wall if I can't have a Bamiyang. I'm going to go Lacardia at Brighton. Okay, yeah, that's fair. It's a nice shout actually. Okay, next question. So Alex Ball, Alex Waterbaby is just saying best midfielder for the next three game weeks. Let's forget about Salah. Thanks, gents. So I'm going to come to you straight again, Hawks, because you ducked out the last one going first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, Riyad Mahrez. Riyad Mahrez, yeah. Okay. But he doesn't play game week 35. No, but he's he's Newcastle at home this week, Burnley way and Southampton at home in the double game week 34. So I'm working on three fixtures. Uh, uh, he, I would I would go for him. He did say next three game weeks. So next, you're going to have to change, change your selection again, Hawks. This, come on. <laughs> Yeah, but if, if it's a midfielder, I mean, then you're limited because there aren't mm. many people playing four games. It's only Burnley and you're not going to go and, and Goodmanson's injured. So I, I'm, go, I'm, I'm sticking with Mares. If we can't <laughs> have Salah, I'm sticking with Mares. I reckon Mares will outscore any player who's got four games. I think Alex is looking for uh, <laughs> the next. So I've, whether or not it's going to be someone for game week 34. Um, for the two fixtures or yeah. just the one, I think he's looking for someone for game week 33, 34 and 35. So if I was to, to put my hat on anyone within those, I would probably opt for the Newcastle, uh, Kennedy 
I reckon he might be a bit of a, an out-the-dark shout. A lot of people going for him. He hasn't got the double in Game of Fate 4, but I reckon he could be a good option. Like you said, he was yep. pretty busy. and amongst He them. was very busy, and, and I, I did put him in in my wildcard. So, yes, I, I do believe he's he's going to be quite tasty, yeah. Yeah. Billy, any thoughts? Um, well, they're not playing twice, but I think Arsenal's fixtures look pretty good. I think Mkhitaryan could be a good shout as a midfielder over that period of time, Europa League or not. Uh, so playing against Southampton, then Newcastle, yeah. and then West Ham. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Okay, we have one here from uh, FPL Red Eagle. He's just saying, no questions. Just really looking forward to listening to you guys. Great guest as well. Horts thoughts? Oh, Horts thoughts. <laughs> I added that. Um, Horts thoughts. I, to be honest, Horts thoughts, I'm really looking forward to the last six weeks. And I, I've seen a lot on Twitter about people sort of getting, you know, fed up and all that sort of stuff because it was all a bit samey. Salah was always oh, the captain. This is the busy and, end. This is the interesting uh, uh, Yeah, and, and you couldn't make a lot of difference. But the free hit chip, I, I think, irrespective of how well people score on their free hit weeks, the free hit chip, the introduction of that has just spiced up the end of the season like nothing else. This last eight game weeks or so with with the free hit chip thrown in has made so many different potential ways of playing the game over the last eight weeks. It's going to be a fascinating run-in. Yeah, it does just make it a lot more interesting. That wasn't a question at all, but you managed to turn it into an answer, so great. That's your, that's your Hort's thoughts. Yeah, that's your Hort's thoughts, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> FPL Fish is just saying uh, Kane or Lukaku for the double game week 34. So if you had a choice between the two, which one would you choose? Bully, you, you can fire off first this one. I'll, um, I'm going to say Lukaku based on form, match fitness as well. And uh, also to impress before he goes into the World Cup. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Hortz? I would agree with that. Uh, and also based on the fixtures as well, because um, they've got West Brom at home and Bournemouth away, while Spurs are playing Manchester City. So I yeah. would I would go with Lukaku, yeah, for out those of the reasons. Two, I think, I'm, I'm getting Kane in now, but out of the two, I think I would go for Lukaku as well. I'm, I'm free-hitting in game 34, so I'm looking at probably having both of them. Which may yep. be a stretch, but out of the two, I'll probably go Lukaku based on the. If you could get forward. Lukaku, Kane, and Vardy, that's three very nice doublers. If, if you're if you are doing that um, that free hit in game week thirty four, yeah. that would be a very tasty front line if you can afford it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's it for Twitter. Thank you very much for all your questions, guys. We really appreciate it. Keep them coming every week. Fantastic. Well, I think that wraps up another. Fancy Football Surgery podcast. Let me do the usual honours and tell you how to contact us if you haven't listened before. So www.fancyfootballsurgery.com if you want to look at our website for the latest information. You can listen to us on iTunes under Fancy Football Surgery. Uh, listen to us on SoundCloud. We are also on Reddit. Give us an up the pod. Twitter is the place for your questions at FF underscore surgery. Tag people. Let them know that... It's a, there's a big community on there now and a thriving mini league, which you can join by typing in 1173-455. Uh, you can also email us for complaints, compliments, and just general life wisdom at ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. And if you want to support the pod, uh, please go to patreon.com forward slash fantasyfootballsurgery. Got a growing uh, group of loyal fans on there now, loyal listeners who are benefiting from the Slack channel, the prize draws, the regular league, and just the general chat that goes on there. Nice. So I want to thank I want to thank our guest Ian Hortz Horton once again for for joining us. Ian, thank you. Thank you, guys. Been an absolute pleasure as always.
Fantastic. Great insight. Horse, if you uh, if people want to chat to you uh, about all things FPL, how can they do that? Yeah. My my Twitter handle is FPL underscore Hortz. That's H-O-U-G-H-T-S. Um, happy to take any questions or anything like that. And if you fancy seeing a hilarious show about politics, if you're not if you're not bored with politics, it's a fantastic show about the late seventies Labour government. We've got eight weeks left for the tour. We are in uh, where are we? We're in Nottingham, Birmingham, uh, Liverpool. No, sorry, Nottingham, Birmingham, Manchester, Come on, Plymouth. Norwich, Malvern, <laughs> Sheffield, and Guildford. There you go. Great so uh, it's called This House, and uh, go go to This House Play at This House Play on Twitter to find out all about it. It's well worth an evening out. Sounds it. Sounds well worth it, mate. I'd love to come watch it. <laughs> Cheap plug. <Yeah. laughs> take it. Take the plug. Yeah. What, what's your character in it? Uh, I play the members for Armagh and Grimsby, uh, amongst others. So yeah. A, a variety of characters during the play. And do you, do you think the Iceman would kind of, as a character, would, would feature well in this play, or <laughs> is, that, is that a conversation for another day? Well, he's certainly a comedian, so he'd be he'd be um, he'd be well at home. Yeah, yeah, I can see him in the political world, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you once again, Ian. Um, Cheers, guys. Iceman, any you. any final sort of words of wisdom, or just just pearls that you could just share from your life experience of um, trying to wallpaper a house? Uh, the the coasters that we're giving away are top notch, and you should really get involved at Patreon dot com forward slash Fancy Football Surgery. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. The coasters uh, actually are really top draw. Very much enjoying those. You can, um, you can pledge for the, you can pledge for just one dollar fifty a month. That gets you into the league and the chance to be coasters and the chance amongst to win the, the prizes as exactly. well, amongst other prizes. Yeah, what no, it really is a great. Uh, we've got a great group developing there, so. Um, yeah, come on board, enjoy the fun, support the pod. From me, Bully, and all of us at the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast, it's thank you, and we look forward to speaking to you in the next game week. on twitter said um what's the price on this i only ask because them coasters are sweet as fuck (laughs) (laughs) and i can vouch for that they are sweet as yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Uh, i'm sorry i'm gonna have to pack it in (laughs) (laughs) wow